Hi everyone, this is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley and Alex Yankovich. Yeah, every day we're just out here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. We are thrilled to have an amazing episode for you today. So thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. If it's your first time tuning in, welcome, and we're thrilled to be with you. This podcast is all about dance in the entertainment industry. I am Taylor Bradley, and I'm joined by my beautiful best friend, co-host Alex Yankovich, who we've grown up together dancing. We are both alumni of the University of Arizona's dance program, and we've been dancing professionally for the past 10 years. Each week, we bring on a special guest from a different aspect of the dance or entertainment industry and just pick their brain to hear their stories, what went well for them, what they wish they knew, and what they want to give back to this next generation. In order to stay up to date with all of our episodes and our followings, make sure that you're doing just that, following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Inside Dance Podcast. While you're there, be sure to follow our partners and sponsors at Inside Dance Mag. Last but not least, please feel free to write to us at our email if you have any thoughts, questions, opinions, love that, hate that. Seriously, we are all ears. Well, I guess it's email, so just eyes. But write to us at InsideDancePodcast at gmail.com. Al Yonk, what's going on? Al Yonk, that's one. That's a new one. I made. I just pulled that right out of my butt. Wait, this is so funny because at the wedding I was at this weekend, everyone kept calling me Alex Yonk. Like there were some people I hadn't seen in a while, and they're like Alex Yonk. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad my Instagram um, username is catching on. <laughs> no, it's so funny too, and how people know because if like if you're like me and you have like eight first names, like I know where I know people from based on what they call me, and yeah, everybody at Love because I, I know you were at um, our dear yeah. friend Emily McTurnan's wedding, yes. who was a a former wildcat and lover as well. Everybody called you Alex Young. So <laughs> that's so funny, funny to be like brought back to that, that time. Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, such a good week last week, such a great weekend. Um, feeling focused and busy and all of those things. How are you doing? Good, good. No complaints. Just rolling with the punches and uh, enjoying whatever opportunities life's throwing my way. Dance, <laughs> not dance, you know, the random monsoons. I'm not kidding you. I was walking my dog um, like just before we hopped on this and like sunny, beautiful, 98 degrees, oh, thunderstorms. Like it felt like we were back in Tucson. So I'm not sure if you remember, there was one time like before improv class in college. Yep, I know I the story. Like riding my bike and then all of a sudden I was drenched head to toe. And for anyone who doesn't know what I look like, I have, <laughs> especially at the time, I had like a short bob and short hair and rain are not friends. I was drenched head to toe in my like Joe and Jack's. Full on. <laughs> it's hard. And I, it was so scary. I came out. On your beach cruiser, just like crying, yeah, <laughs> driving like, to improv class. <laughs> I was like, Wait, I'm sorry. This came out of literal nowhere. And um, yeah, that was a sucky day. But I was And like, that's your lesson in weather about the yeah. Southwest region of our country, everyone. <laughs> if you're not from here, it rains out of nowhere. So good. Well, um, today, you guys, let's uh, get into our community spotlight. We really wanted to highlight a broader way foundation, which was created in 2010 by Adina Menzel and Adele Benny. Dazeem. Adele Dazeem. <laughs> sorry, I had to sneak in there. <laughs> no, you also have to say, you have to say, the wickedly talented... <laughs> <laughs> okay okay back to community spotlight i'll be serious <laughs> i love it though um but yes this uh foundation was created by adina menzel 
and a passionate group of artists, activists, and social workers with the basic goal of amplifying the power of young women and femmes through the arts. ABW has many different programs. One of their programs that they have is called Camp Broader Way, which is a two-week camp anchored by the rigorous process-based exploration of four core disciplines of theater, voice, dance, and spoken word. Future leaders also take classes in visual art, songwriting, filmmaking, choreography, performance studies, dramatic writing, swimming, team sports, pretty much everything that you can possibly imagine. And again, they have this same goal of amplifying those young women's voices and making sure that everyone can get these leadership skills uh, in order to continue on in their careers and for the rest of their life. So really amazing things. You guys can donate. And to find all the details about that, you can visit their website at a broader way way.org slash donate. We will have all of these links in our description below. That's so beautiful. I love that. And I love the the recent, the recent uh, push for visibility and inclusion within the theater. And I know we've discussed this uh, in past episodes. So it just it makes my heart warm to see uh, programs like this and things continuing to to push that effect. But um, Random aside here, I don't know if you guys have heard, there's this little like thing going on called the Olympics right now. And we just have to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Inside Publications. There is another sister magazine called Inside Gymnastics that is doing an amazing job of the coverage of the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. So be sure to give them some love. You can find them on Instagram at Inside Gymnastics. And definitely uh, be sure to stay up to date with what's going on in the world via Tokyo. Yeah. They are amazing. Let's it's go. So cool. Let's go, Simone. I love you if you're listening. Um, so moving forward, uh, moving forward, we're going to take it backwards because <laughs> Alex, I want to talk about one of my favorite topics in the world, which are trends that have faded specifically to the dance world. Now I'm not talking timeless. I'm not talking like jazz technique. I'm not talking clean face, low bun. I'm talking things that have had their time and definitely gone on. So, um, I know we both have a little list prepared of some of our favorite or least favorite trends that are no longer with us. And so I'll start us off. I just yes. want to get your opinions. Um, what do you think? What do you love? And for our listeners out there, if you feel strongly about any of these, let us know. It's bonus points if you have any funny or embarrassing stories uh, to go along with these. Yeah. So I'm going to start us off. Glitter spray. What's your thoughts? Oh, oh my gosh. So do you mean in the hair or the body? I mean, everywhere. I don't know why I'm starting with this because I'll be honest, I never used glitter spray. But when I just think back to like early 2000s competition, it's that scent of like Aquanet or um, what's the, the whole, uh, freeze it. That's the gold can. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just accompanied by glitter that is literally everywhere in a convention ballroom. So yeah. I don't know. Were you a fan? Love it? Hate it? Okay. So I think on the hair, I'm not crazy about it on the hair just because I love like a slicked back bun. I don't want anything distracting in the hair however I love like a body glitter mm-hmm. uh, let me clarify though back in my our day we used to have a gel I know what you're talking about gel. was it a roller it's roller yeah yes. I don't know if that is what I like but I you just like the massage you didn't like the glitter but I will say like when I did dancing with the stars for that one episode they do shimmer they do like Work. highlighter on their that's body. like hot that, that's like glitter's high class cousin like exactly. high shimmer shimmer. so i'm down for the the high class cousin because like they do the highlighter on their collarbones and it looks so good i think maybe the gel glitter roll-on is probably it needs to kept 
be kept in the past. I don't know how mm. healthy it is. And your skin kind of is the largest organ and it's just absorbing whatever that is. So let's go science. Well, and I agree. I think like in the hair, it looks like glamour dandruff. So maybe not that, but yeah. Um, okay. What do you think about bell bottoms? Love them. I love, and here's my disclaimer for this. I should have included this in the intro. Everything always comes back in style. And so there's things on my list where I'm like, this was a faded trend, but I'm seeing it now again. So bell bottoms, I love. Just keep them floor length. If they're if if we get into the land of gauchos, no, I'm sorry. I know they were comfortable. I know they were like it just brings me back to middle school. But yeah, I I love me a bell bottom. Um yeah, and I and I really love this like counter fashion fashion trend. Um to an extent where things that are like, I feel like I keep seeing this trend. I, this is kind of more outside of dance, um, but we're like ugly things. It's like, this is hideous. I'm going to wear it, you know, yeah, like things like yeah. that. And but so I've seen a lot more like bell bottoms and like platform shoes coming back. Yes. Very like Gen Z. Yeah. And if I think if it goes with the style of the piece, then it, you're golden. Like you can't do, it would be hard to do staying alive by the Bee Gees and like not be in heels and a bell bottom. Like it, Absolutely. Would, it would look awesome. Like Saturday night fever. Like I want to see the bell bottoms. I but love the, them too. But I love that. And and so I guess my point being, I love like I uh, was judging uh, most recently and saw like bell bottoms and like all these like weird, I don't want to say weird, but like disco attire that was yeah. like for contemporary solo. And I'm like, work, let's go. I love yeah, a curveball. So bell bottoms, they can come back. They're allowed. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I had jazz pants on my list, but uh, close enough. I They're, love jazz yeah. pants. Love jazz pants. Um, what are your thoughts? Foot thongs. So what is the, so Kids now, students wear half soles. I call them Tina Turners. Tina Turners. Only because oh there's a, God, yeah. a, a student of mine um, named Christina who turns like a top. And she she's always like, I need my Turners. So I call them Tina Turners. I died. I was teaching leaps and turns today. And the student like came to me and was like, I only have my jazz shoes. I don't have my half soles. Is that okay? And I was like, SOS. It's totally fine. <laughs> no, I'm marking you absent for only having your jazz shoes. Get like, out of here, Linda. How dare you bring a gore boot? Yeah, it was so funny. Um, I'm not into foot thongs anymore. I like the half, I think the half soles have kind of replaced that. Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm not going to score low, but. I feel like in this day and age, students take enough class per week where the bottoms of their feet are pretty calloused. Mm-hmm. You mimic the texture of a half sole. Yeah. So, or sorry, of a foot thong. So I feel like I, I'd rather just barefoot or jazz. I'm like barefoot or jazz shoe kind of place. But if you have to do turns, I get the half sole. But foot thongs, I think they're out for me. Yeah, I agree. We don't need them to come back. And I remember, I feel like you would always, it, like they're worse than socks. You'll like lose one and find one. And there was like left and right ones. And yeah. But like the only thing worse than a foot thong is a foot undie. Dear Lord, if it's cheetah print or rhinestone, get out. Like the, uh, the illusion of it being nude, fierce. I get it because some of us have dainty feet. I'm not included in that. But some of you all have dainty feet. And it was like, I'll have this illusion that I'm barefoot. But I'm like, yeah. okay, we don't need we don't need to be doing like lace in our like in our like, small footwear yeah i feel like it like ruined my feet like i felt like my i was moving through my feet differently because i felt like you know when a dog puts like shoes on and it starts totally to walk funny yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. i feel like i am with with those okay um, noted foot thongs foot undies thanks see you never okay i'm realizing there's like a kind of a realization here but uh, glitter on the lips. You know when people do the red lip and then they I loved it. Red glitter. Well, it's interesting because for Cirque they always do the different shadow shimmer. Like mm-hmm. you, they have to do like little highlighter, and I like the highlighter. I like how it creates the depth. But 
I actually loved the glitter on the lips too. However, like you can't drink or eat anything. Totally. Yeah. And And you're like, is this sucks? Is this digestible? I don't know. Is this eco-friendly? Probably not, but let's get real all. I mean, my inner gay man's coming through here. These are all drag queen techniques, you know, lighter in the middle. It's going to make you give you more of a luminous lip. Uh, But glitter lips. I remember there was this one studio growing up who always had glitter lips. And yeah, I was always like, oh my gosh, they're so fierce. Um, but that is, again, coming from me as a man who never wore glitter um, in my dance world, my dance yes. career. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. Cool. Bring it back. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts? This one, kind of a, a dated trend, I think. I don't know. And I'm interested to get your thoughts coming from dance team, studio, or team chance. Oh, I love them. I, I hate them so much. Wait, hold on. Do you mean like, do you mean, hold on. Wait, this is great. Do you mean in the dance? No, no, no. Like, like either backstage or during awards or really. Love it. I think like from dance team background, if we didn't. That's do, what I'm asking. Yeah. If we didn't do that, like I thought someone was going to break their leg. Like it got, it got, <laughs> My leg. It got superstitious. So like rosary dance team, shout out. We would all have our hands on our, each other's lower back. And then we'd do a right foot tondu. Mm-hmm. In the circle and we'd all look down and then I went to a Catholic high school everyone so we did, we did say a prayer I was about to say witchy rituals but that goes against goes yeah. against uh, your next point we, we would say a prayer and like I probably remember every word of it and then we would like we would do all the team chants and like speaking of chanting during the number Sean Vitor and I were just watching a routine like on YouTube this past weekend and instead like this one I'm not going to name who it was but they did like this step forward and they go instead of like yeah like quick and sharp oh gosh it's a full like 40 person number and they go "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) a 40 person long just scream scream. I kind of love that I kind of loved it too and they were fierce they were so fierce so I was like I'm into it but it is dated and I have not seen it in a while I really hope it was the end of a 40 person production to like somewhere over the rainbow yeah I also, wait, I'm getting on a tangent, but... Love tangents. Okay, well, let me know how you feel about it. You don't like it. I hate them so much because... Here's the thing. Okay, I don't hate them entirely. Timing, there's a place and a time for everything. When you're about to go on and it's... And this ties into my other pet peeve for competitions. When you're about to go on for your big production number, great. If I am in the audience and I hear you for like your small group, okay. If I hear it 10 times in one day, I'm like, shut up. Yeah, and same I thing, I, I am a team player. I love lifting up your friends. I love supporting your friends. Please, if it's a quieter song, let me hear it. I don't want to hear, go Kristen, work, get it. True. Yes. Oh my gosh. Ah. I'm like, Shh. This is I'm, true. <laughs> someone get them a muzzle. So I don't know. I think, and this is completely <clears throat> the thoughts and opinions of Alex and Taylor are only reflective of Alex and Taylor and do not reflect blah, blah, blah. You get that. But this is just me. My personal thoughts is I just think it's tacky and it takes yeah. away from the performance. I'm, I'm, I have the attention span of a goldfish with ADHD. So if I hear something, I'm like, what's going on? And I look over there oh. and then I, and then I miss what you're doing. So I, and you this is my tangent. While it's going on, like the supporters. Being- well, this is my tangent. I was saying studio chance in general. Uh, okay, cool team camaraderie, love community. Yes. But 
If you're distracting me during a number, I hate you. During a number, I do not like that. During a number, I'll turn around. Like, if I'm judging, I turn around and I look at them. You're like the mom in the front seat. Don't make me come back there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's super distracting. One time this parent was like, you get out there, no fear. I was like, no full sentences. Like, <laughs> Please, uh, no no dissertation before, yeah, before it, your yeah, child's number. Time and a place. And I feel like with like a super line, it's hard not to be... And that's the time and that's the place because it's yeah. a super line and it's a big group. Yeah, but I'm but saying a if it's a small group trio. No, yeah, no. it's just yeah, like totally situational awareness, you know, yeah. so what you got? Totally. Um, shoot, I think my last one was I'm not sure how you feel about it. I, I know how I feel, but it's um, tights. The big debate about tights. Ooh, this is a whole nother episode that I want to get or a no. whole nother topic I want to get into like in depth. Um, I'll start. I think. Here's the thing. We went through a weird trend generally, what generationally where tights became uncool. And it was when we were in like high school, not to like date ourselves, but we graduated in 2011 from high school, but, um, there was this big push. Um, again, this is a trend as a male observing for a a typical, uh, a a female trend. I didn't necessarily participate in it, but I remember being like, Oh yeah, well the goods, like the good studios don't wear tights and all this. Then I went to college and concert dance and all and you know you're in there with all these ballerinas and it be you know you're taking jazz in a leo and black tights and that's fine and that's cool and that's normalized then i moved to vegas where people if you don't wear a nude fishnet they're like you savage so i think i don't know i think it's one of those things that's timeless honestly um you you i i will never criticize someone for wearing tights but i will definitely criticize if you're not wearing tights and it's uncomfortable and yeah. and you know what i'm talking about if if yeah. if i see more than i need to see again it's a distraction and then i'm 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 taken away from it so when in doubt tights are never a bad choice is I, my thoughts i agree and i think from age however young you start dancing till probably about 13 or 14 i think everyone should wear tights at that age group i think when you're younger I like, I really like that. And I think it goes by style. So I think with contemporary, if you're going to be barefoot or modern, I think no tights is fine, but mu- anything musical theater, but please have a costume that's fitting. That's, that yeah. is complimentary of that. Yeah. You know? I feel like a lot of times I don't need like, super high cut. I don't leggings. need it. Yeah. But musical theater and jazz, like I want tights. It's polished. It's finesse. Right. It and like, it's I, like tan fishnets just make everybody look amazing 100% like, even like so good well and even like the girls in Vegas that like dance at the pool and stuff they're in tan fishnets which yeah. I'm curious how that tan line works out but still it's yeah. like one of those things where where yeah it's it's never a bad idea um, but it is interesting because my mindset definitely changed I'm also not a 15 year old boy anymore so that also changed but right. I think tights you can't go wrong I agree I agree I think it yeah like you said it looks polished you can feel really good about it um I don't know. I would love to know what the college dance teams are doing for rosary. We never wore tights, but we wore shorts. Rather than like a a trunk or a brief. We wore tights for jazz though. But for Palm, Mm -hmm. we, my, my last three years, we didn't wear tights um, for just Palm. Everything else we did. Interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, trends, love them or hate them. Some come, some go. Most of them come back again. So uh, let us know your thoughts. If there's anything that you feel passionately about um, or completely disagree with us, we're all ears for it. Now, moving right along, uh, we are joined next by a very, very special guest, Mr. Levi Walker. He is an incredible, incredible photographer that has shot just about any 
any professional or famous or trending dancer that you can think of. Um, most of uh, Alex and I will discuss later in our, in our interview. We joke because a lot of the images that we get from our guests, it's always photo cred, Levi Walker. So definitely stay tuned to hear his tips, his tricks, his story, and his actually fascinating story about how he picked up a camera for the first time and got into photography. Stay tuned. All right, guys, it's time for our very special guest interview this week. We are so lucky to be joined by a very dear friend of mine, Levi Walker. Please join me in welcoming. Hi, Levi. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Oh, Doing my gosh. Well. We're so good. We're so excited to speak with you today. Uh, I'm excited to be here, too. Yeah, thank you so much for for being here. And let's see, Levi, what's our history? We go back to, we're both Georgia boys, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, I think I met you, what, in 2000, when I moved out to Vegas in 2015, um, you took my first headshots of me living in this city. So uh, pretty pretty special place in my heart. Um, but wow, for our, I didn't realize that was your first session. Like, I mean, like, Vegas. that's crazy. Not my first. We have those really awkward ones from like a portrait studio when I was 16 that we won't talk about but yeah my my yeah, totally like target but that um yeah that that was my first session shooting in vegas and you're such a dream to shoot with and um i can't wait to dive into that uh much more later in this podcast but for our listeners to kick us off why don't you get us started with where you're from and how you got into this crazy dance performance photography world well, I'm originally from Atlanta, as you talked about, but I ran screaming as quickly as I could um, and left town. But, you know, growing up, I was just going to be a performer for years. And um, and I think when we're young, we're just kind of, we have like a goal set in mind or a dream. And we're like, this is what I'm going to do. And then life happens. And you're like, maybe not. Um, and uh, I lived in New York for five years. I traveled and did, I did like, the German production of Greece for like two and a half years, I think. And, um, you know, a bunch of cruise ships, Radio City, like all the normal like musical theater shows that people do. And the starter pack. Up, <laughs> the starter pack, exactly. The builder <laughs> resume pack. And um, I did all that stuff and, um, and then did, and then moved to LA. And, you know, and all of those are the really long stories, but I moved to LA and realized very quickly, like, you know, singers just don't make it in LA. Like it's very, very hard to sustain a full living as a singer, um, especially in musical theater, if you're living in LA and that's what I wanted to do. And I don't really remember like when or why it happened, but I just kind of gave up, the, gave it up. And um, I was doing a lot of time singing around town in churches and, and all this kind of stuff. And how I got started in, in photography, that's actually the the real fun. The kicker. Ooh, I can't wait. Because I love to tell the story because I had a job and I really loved it and I built built it really well with some with some very close friends of mine. And then the company unexpectedly shut down and I lost my job, and everybody did. And I was devastated. I had no idea what to do in my life, and um, I was crying every day. It was really really probably one of the hardest months of my life and it was just kind of like you know god or the universe was just trying to get me quiet and 
I was asleep one night and I bolted out of bed at 4.11 in the morning, which was the moment that I was born and um, yelled, I can shoot headshots, but I'd never owned a camera. And I was like, I'm sorry, what did I just say? What? Yeah, seriously, I jumped up and I ran to my computer and I sat down and I started researching and I was like, well, I know my friend shoots headshots. Like, let me look at his pictures. Let me see what's going on. And I was like, you know, I'd spent a lot of my career in New York when I was, I worked for the, for Dodger Productions and Big League Productions in New York and working on union and national and non-union national tours. And I just would find that like all my friends in New York would just swing by the office and say hi. And a lot of them would bring their headshot contact sheets and I would pick the right picture and they would be like, oh my gosh, I just booked this show or I just booked this job and your headshots are really working for me, the ones you picked. And I was like, okay, so that kind of was where that was born out of. But you have a knack really for it, right? I, I had no idea. I was like, well, I, I know what, what it takes to have a good headshot. And um, so that happened. I woke up in the morning. The next day, I, I'm someone who just really believes in paying attention to what's being spoken to you, like behind the scenes, like in your spirit. And the next day, I just heard this little voice that was like, go find a camera shop. So I went and found a camera shop. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And um, I walk in and I'm looking at cameras and someone had said, oh, you need this particular camera. And there was a guy selling his camera at the counter. He was like, so if I give you this, if I give you like 350, what, um, you know, could, he said, we'll give you 350 as a trade-in value. And I just turned to him like, I don't know, like I just said, what if I give you 450? And I didn't even have $450. And he was like, okay, that sounds great. And I said, cool, can you give me 24 hours? And he, I was like, I got to go get this money. And he was like, okay. And I had no idea where I was going to get the money. And I left and my friend called me on the way and she knew what I was going through. And she said, um, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that like, you know, my husband and I, we practice giving and we have some money that we feel we need to give away. And so we want to give it to you. Can you come over and get it? And I was what? like, what? Oh. And she said, it's for you. Yeah, I know. She said it's four hundred and fifty dollars. Get out! Like, I'm literally. bye. I'm done. What Interview over. On? That's it. Later. Oh my gosh. Okay, so continue on. Sorry. So yeah, so I got this camera and I started shooting. I started mentoring. Um, um, I was friends with a guy called Zach Levi, who is like Shazam. He's kind of blown up now, and um, he let me shoot in his garage for six months. And my friend David Muller, who's I think is one of the greatest headshot photographers in LA, um, he mentored me and taught me what to do. And um, and I just had these people around me that just supported me. And I and this is where it gets really funny. As I started calling my friends, and I was like, "Hey, um, Teresa Espinosa, would you like to do some headshots?" Hey, Lady Jules, and I started like calling all these friends, going, "I, I need to practice." And I started building this book with my friends, but little did I know that all realized that like. All of them had danced with like Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, and Sync, <laughs> like, and they were all these like big dancers. And so then the whole dance community started going, "What?" And then dance agents were like, "Who are you?" And I started meeting everybody. And literally, it's just like out of nowhere, I was doing this different style of shooting. And out of nowhere, I became so busy. And it was really just kind of a surprise. And I think that to me, and it's now 16 years later, actually 16 years later in like two weeks is my, oh my God. August 1st. So 10 days. I was and waiting for you to be like four hours and 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but like, so it's been almost 16 years and here I am. And I think that that 
story is so important because I think we have to pay attention and we have to listen to that voice inside of us to help us find uh, what we're supposed to do. Absolutely. You know, what's crazy is I can't imagine your friends were probably so thankful that you were calling them up to, uh, to practice because, you know, being in the shot, I hate headshots. I feel so uncomfortable. Like I always feel like it's my worst side of myself, even though it's like, you know, just it's you, but it's always so stressful. So like any chance to practice doing headshots, like absolutely. And and what performer is going to say no to free photos ever? You're like, sure. Sweet. Okay, great. I'm down. Yeah. You'd you'd be surprised how many, you'd be surprised how many people have actually turned down when I'm invited. Really? Okay. Maybe I'm just broke. (laughs) Well, you know, um, it's interesting because over the years I just started finding myself repeating a pattern of how I spoke to my clients and they all started getting good pictures. And then I kind of formulated it, tweaked it. And I literally teach people how to smile in their photos. Yeah. I remember it. I remember. Yeah. Right. I did that with you. Look down, um, open your eyes, slowly look. uh, Yeah. These are tips that I still use. Like, every single shoot even the the cover shoot alex and i did i'm over here like she's so great at posing i'm like oh yeah but let me let me tell you about this smile i'm about to whip out so hashtag levi walker it's so (laughs) tough because the smile in real life doesn't necessarily transfer onto a photo it's really hard like the way i would smile like i smile like this yeah like no one wants to see a headshot with like all my teeth <laughs> like that and it's so hard to like feel natural i'm like do i have to tell myself a joke well so what do you do you go by it individually when you're telling your subjects what your client oh my god subjects yikes like we're, science we're in class. science class <laughs> yeah when you're uh, telling your clients do you just go individually with their different smiles or what is like a tip that works overall for everybody So what I do, and it's interesting because people are like, oh my God, you need to market this and sell it. But I'm not, I don't know. But what I do is I just kind of explain that um, each of us, the energy that I want in in a photo shoot, you give like 150 times a day if you're a happy person and you're not just completely miserable. And it all has to do with this invisible energy that's inside of us. And when that shines through, that's when we see our, our authentic self, right? And we have this idea of number one, what we should look like, number two, what we do look like, number three, how it does not compare with what the world thinks we should look like, <laughs> right? Or is acceptable. Um, but when that energy pops out of our eyes, all of a sudden we become authentic and relatable. And that's actually what makes a great headshot. So for me, it's about finding that energy, making sure we're relaxing our face because our facial muscles get tired from smiling a lot, right? And so when we're in a shoot, we want to start from ground zero. And we do a process that I call throwing your energy to the camera. And so um, what it does is we start off with that relaxed face. I'm, I'm going to do it for you on camera. You guys started. So we'll see how this goes. But <laughs> I'm ready. It starts off, you know, we want to relax the muscles and, um, and then we want to take a deep breath in. One, two, three. And we let the smile grow. And we let that energy grow. Because this individual thing that we have, um, how was that, by the way? That was it was so good. I'm exciting. literally, I'm dying because I, I wasn't planning on participating with you. But naturally, as your energy and your smile grew, my ear-to-ear grin got bigger and bigger. So it's, it's working. <laughs> It's infectious yes. in a good way. And, but it's really about that authentic part of us, that authentic thing that's coming out, right? And so um, 
when we kind of learn to channel this energy that's going to come out in hunched shoulders or shaking shoulders or throwing our head back or making this huge smell that you know scrunches the rest of our face we learn how to stay in our position to find that energy and to funnel it out of our eyes and out of our face and allow our energy to create our smile and not just the muscles that are around our mouth oh my gosh that's such good advice but it's hard to find when you're there, cause you're like, you're not thinking, okay, let's take a deep breath in and let's relax. You're just like, okay, I just need to get this done. I need to be perfect on the first shot. So we're not here all day. And it's, it's always like being more present and mindful and kind of, kind of stepping on the scene and the set and breathing into it. I can imagine shooting with you. I'd be like right in the moment and you would say, okay, let's relax. Let's get there. Well, it's and very true. And, and go ahead, Taylor. No, I was going to tangent to another point. So f- yeah, finish your thought. Well, I was, I was just going to say that, you know, everybody comes in with a lot of preconceived notions to a headshot from I'm nervous to I'm fat to um, I'm not going to be able to do this to, um, you know, I've got this and then they don't have it or, um, you know, they're concerned about clothing, wardrobe, hair and makeup. So a lot of times, like most of the time we've got like really fun, I've got amazing playlists. So we have music and we just talk about random things. And I really just kind of distract people and I get their minds off of all the, the crap. And, and so when they follow the process or just being walked around, held by their hand and walked around and all of a sudden, boom, their makeup and hair is done. And then boom, here's the clothes and boom, we're going to stand here. And this is why I'm lighting you this way. And and then I walk through step-by-step step those, that, those guidelines for, for popping a good smile and popping good energy and then they start doing it and then they figure it out and then all of a sudden it's home free i always say it's kind of like when when you go to the doctor and they're like oh my god look there's a little birdie in your ear and then they give you like a shot in your leg and you're like what happened like i love that, that comparison yeah. <laughs> um i have a, a question about some details did you ever take like a lighting course or did you learn straight just from trial and error because Mentorship, lighting yeah. to me is I don't get it. It's so difficult to me. <laughs> and I am amazed at photographers for just completely mastering the art form of lighting. So what was that process like for you? So when it comes to lighting, I really did teach myself. Um, I had a friend who taught me how to shoot natural light, which the majority of my shots that you see or headshots are natural light. It's a magic little thing that I do that I absolutely just love. I love natural light so much, but when it comes to understanding how lighting works, um, I did teach myself. And then I think any artist should always be a student. And so I still, to this day, even the other day was watching a video on how someone lights a light, how someone lit a shot, right? And I'm always still learning. And I think nobody can stop learning as an artist because there's so much to garner from everyone else's experiences. So I have a couple of people I follow on on Instagram and on YouTube. And whenever a cute, you know, picture shows up, I'm like, oh, how did they like that? And then you learn and then you kind of apply things as you go in. That's a true artist. Curiosity. Curiosity and also observance, just, just, just sitting back and being like, okay, you know, and what, like, whether it's dance, whether it's photography, whether it's any art form business, like we talk about this a lot. It's just, you can learn so much from just sitting back and watching, which is so beautiful, but, um, and and also, and also getting old. Um, one thing I've learned now that I'm in my forties is that, um, it's just the longer that you do things, do one thing. 
the better you become at it. And the more, um, it sounds like so opposite to what I'm saying when I mean this, but the more humble we are about what we do, then the more open we are to learning new things. And that's when we become really spectacular. And I'm not saying I'm spectacular. I'm just saying like, that's when as artists, we, we bloom. So we're really just being soaked up by other people. That's at least my process. No, absolutely. And that's, that's, Again, a common theme that we talk about, you have to be open to inspiration to be inspired. If you think you know everything, you're, you know nothing, you know? So it's, it is that very uh, juxtaposition type mindset um, that we put ourselves in, but. I was just going to agree with you because this applies um, to artistry at all levels. And I think as performers, number one, we come in, we grow up in high school, either in competition world or we're um, having to prove to people that we can do this business and we have to stand up and go, we can, I totally can make this happen. I can totally do this. And so we, we walk into our career, a lot of people with a lot of fear and trepidation, but also like with some, and out of that fear and trepidation comes this wall of ego that's just like, I'm really good and I can do what I want to do. And I had that bad when I was a performer, when I was a young performer and that type of attitude always, always, always um, is going to get in your way because I believe as artists in the entertainment world, not like, you know, in other for our other mediums, but in the entertainment world, um, our job as artists is to serve the creative vision of other people. And until you're doing your own thing, you're not the creative people. You're the artist that is there to be the paint on the picture, the salt on the food. And, um, and that's, and, and, and you're a small, tiny part of the bigger picture. So I think when, when performers walk into, um, can figure that part out, that's when I think they bloom and grow. That's so true. And also going back to like our curiosity and observance, things evolve and change. So if you're not evolving and changing with it and, and kind of seeing what's around you, you know, you obviously have like your niche, you have the things that make you, you and kind of separate you from everyone else but you have to be always watching that big picture in order to be a successful artist and like for you especially working for 16 years plus like as a photographer I mean you have to just be open and always be a I love the saying about always being a student that will never not be true I'm going to be like 95 years old and still <laughs> in that student mindset it's really no matter how it, professional you it's are so it's so true important. Absolutely. We have all the humility and kindness and uh, in regards to your art and what you do is the most important, I believe is one of the most important inside internal mindsets that we can have. And that's why it's so hard to, to do what it is that we do and like basically like live and work and breathe in this industry that we call show business. Amen. Amen. Well, Levi, I want to ask you, um, we have a lot of younger listeners, um, whether they be in high school, going into college, or maybe just getting started in their professional career. What are like the top three or five, or I don't know, the must have photos that you'd recommend for any young dancer starting out that are absolutely essential to their portfolio? Very, very, very good question. Because I think that, um, <clears throat> I think that a lot of young performers, they'll see seasoned people, seasoned performers like yourself with a bunch of photo shoots and they'll want to take something that you did and they'll want to mimic it. Um, 
or you know someone that is their type or someone that they look up to and they want to mimic it but i think the one thing that people are forgetting in this world of social media and digital content creation is that you need to be churning out content a lot and it is the way to go i literally saw a post last night from somebody in casting that just said you need to be able to create digital video like nobody's business right now. You need to be churning out content. That is what's winning in the casting world. Now that's that was LA and New York, but um, you know, and Vegas is very different. That we've got people all over the world listening. But the, all of that to be said, when you're first starting out, you need to understand what a good commercial headshot is, and it's and the purpose that it serves. What a good theatrical shot it is, and what purpose that it serves. What a good head, what a good dancer headshot is, and the purpose that it serves. Do that first. Do that first. Come in because trying to get to another level of people who've got a lot of experience or might look different than you, like being on that level takes time and practice. People don't come to photographers and have us save their careers or create their careers we collaborate with the artist and I, my job is to find your authenticity and um and to to give space for you so you can let that shine so and that's all sounds like very deep but it's really true it's not just the three word commercial you know theatrical dance like you need to know why you're shooting those pictures the way that you're shooting you need to understand your artistry and you need to understand where you want to go with these pictures you need to be able to say here's this photo that i have chosen for this type of job and i'm going to submit it for this type of job and i'm going to have success in bookings from that and if you can't like specifically answer that question then your headshots are probably going to be off and you're going to be spinning your wheels a little bit i feel like every photo the last photographer i shot with for my headshots we had details about what kind of jobs do you want to be booking? And we're going to dress you just for that. But I want to ask you, you're obviously the expert, but I don't pick out my own. Once I've shot them, I give it to, I tell, ask the photographer to pick out their favorites based on what would be bookable. And then my agent and I let them pick and like a, a, a good portion of them, like 10 of them. And then I pick my favorites from that because whenever I pick the ones that I like, it's usually because I like the way I look because it's me. Your foot's pointed extra or like, oh, my hair looks great, but it's like not necessarily maybe you. (laughs) Yeah. And it's maybe not bookable. So what's your advice on that? Like having, like not letting your mom or your father or whomever close to you pick out your shots and maybe have someone a little bit more degrees of separation away. I think that is one of the smartest things when I tell everyone to do that. So I'm very proud of you. And um, that uh, here, there's two reasons why we're familiar with ourselves. And so there are th- certain things about our self-esteem that we love or we hate, right? So a lot of times when I'm first showing people their pictures, I'm literally like, oh, you're looking at your legs, aren't you? You're not looking at the picture as a whole. You're looking at your legs. Or, oh, you're looking at your hair. I've or, been there oh, so many you're times. Worried, you're worried about your, or you're worried about your abs. And all you're looking for, the only way you're going to approve this picture is if you like your abs, you know? And it's so true. But... If you have an agent, oh, here's the second reason. The second reason is, and this this literally blew my mind the first time it, it, where I realized it because it's something we do literally every single day and we don't realize it, is that 
we look, the vision in our head of what we look like is literally a complete reverse image of what the entire world sees when we walk into a room. And that is why it's important to understand what you look like on camera. That's why it's important to understand where your strengths are on camera, because you might not have, um, you might not be like the best at, you know, a smiley shot, but you might be really good at a sexy shot, or you might be really good at like literally conveying an emotion with your eyes as an actor shot. Right. And, and a lot of times, like, if we're going to talk, you know, BS world standards, a lot of times that, um, that thing that we're looking at, that thing that we're looking at in ourselves is really just our own ego. It's our, our own problems. It's our own issues. It has nothing to do with how you really look and what makes you marketable, right? Like uh, Apple doesn't go sit down with the iPhone and have a therapy session and be like, okay, so we <laughs> you think we need to market you like this? What do you think? How do oh, you that's feel? That's so true. <laughs> and now you're a product. I mean, you really are something that a human is selling. An agent or, an, or a manager is going to sell you. So, you know, or it's going to be you that's selling you. And so, you know, you've got to like really pull apart from that. And that's really a hard journey for an actor. But I found that my seasoned performers come in and go, I like the other day I had a woman, you know, she's in her sixties, I think. And literally she walked in, she was like, I need a cop. I need a Senator's wife, you know, a high end business person. I need something a little basic. And we went through all of these things and we shot all of them. And I was like, you know what you really need? And she was like, what? And I said, you really need like, no makeup, haggard, maybe a redneck living in a trailer, maybe has a crystal meth lab. Like you need that girl. And, um, and you know, it's understanding, you know, that you become a product and you are, you are being sold by other people and we need to have those people's opinions. So yes, I totally agree. Ask your agent. Do not ask your mother. Do not ask your mother people, please. You really think your mom's not going to be like, oh, you look cute in every picture. And she has no idea what's working. I I feel like truer words have never been spoken. Donna, if you're listening, I love you, but you're useless when it comes to picking out headshots. But well, Levi, I have to brag on you for a minute because it's, if our listeners haven't figured it out by now, you're such a, a incredible combination of talents from different aspects, like same industry, but you were a performer for many years. So you know what people need. You do know how to host and and entertain and get people out of their heads. You do know how to teach and convey, this is what I need from you. And it's, it's so evident whenever anybody shoots with you, I'm sure because they always, you know, you're also your businessman. You're so great at posting behind the scenes. And I think on our shoot, little side story here on our shoot, you had just moved into a new loft. And so your neighbor, I guess was walking by and you were like, Oh, what do you like? You were just so friendly in the elevator and you were like, Oh, cool. You do real estate. Great. You need headshots here. I'm Levi. Here's my card. I think you literally shot her like the four or or like a week later. And I'm like, you are just such a, a, a great, like the perfect formula of businessman, entertainer, host. And you're so good at relaying all of that information to your clients that you shoot with. So not really a question, just me bragging on you and pointing out that you're such a good example. And we talk about this all the time on the podcast, using your skill sets from different, different jobs and different things and combining them and making them your own. So thank you for saying that. And I think the one thing 
in the past year and a half that we've all learned is having to figure out how to get back up and how to keep going. And, and, and I think now more than ever, we realize the value of hearing encouragement like that and receiving it. So I receive it. And I thank you so much for saying that that's really kind. And I think in, to kind of tag on to what you were saying, like, I find myself sometimes, you know, people like I had a girl come into my photo, a photo shoot once and she was like really nervous, like visibly shaken. And I was like, did she get in a car wreck? Like, did she just get, you know, beat up? Like what's going on? Like, and, um, I just stopped her and I was like, what is the matter? She's like, I'm just really, really nervous. And I was like, okay, well, let's break that down. Let's talk about that. Like, why are you nervous? She was like, you shot Michael Jackson. And I was like, Honey, that was an impersonator. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that's a good impersonator. You know, and I think that um, <laughs> it was really actually great. It's really he's amazing, and he was like developed by Travis Payne, who um, you know is Michael's one of Michael's choreographers, and then like takes care of all of his choreo nowadays. But um, but yeah, and it's it's important to realize like that when we're young in the industry, oh my God, if I could go back and tell my young self one thing, like when we're young in the industry, if you're really good and you're on fire and you're like, and you've, you've studied and you got the talent and you're like killing it. Right. And you think, you know, everything, there is so much more to learn. And it only comes with experience and years 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 of experience. I think I've shot over 6,000 people now. And that's crazy and amazing. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. And you know, there's, there's just something to be said about experience. So nowadays, like 10 years ago, when people were like, oh my God, your work is so good. I would be like, thanks, you know, I'm shit. And now I'm just kind of like, oh, well, it wasn't me. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I just kind of feel like this is just years of experience of doing what I'm doing and learning. You know what I mean? So just keep doing it and don't stop what you're doing. The longer you do something, the more you um, become known for it. You know, it's especially in this day and age, if I, you know, everybody's talking so much about this whole multi-hyphenate thing in the past couple of years, like, oh, I'm a dancer and a singer and an actor and a producer, and I can make candles and I can do a podcast. And, and I think all of that is great, but I think if there's one thing that you're really good at, stick to it the longest and as hard as it'll be, that's the one thing that will, that will create that will make you important in the industry and important to me. It's just, just still be there. It's almost like last man in the dance community, especially it's almost kind of like last man standing, you know, I can't tell you 10 years ago, if not longer, like I was literally like meeting these amazing choreographers that were like, hi, I'm Sandra Chavez. And I'm going to like, I want to, you know, do some pictures and I want to rent your space and I want to do a show, a showcase for Sweden. You can dance. And now like Cassandra Chavez is like one of the a world renowned choreographer because she just did it. And she just kept doing it. Even if the work was bad, even, even if the work is bad, even if you screw up, even if you don't work for six months or a year, you just keep doing it. And, you know, I mean, I, and you just find that it's, it really is just the people that are still standing, you know, it's like, I'm really good friends with, 
with Tabitha and Napoleon Dumo. I love them so much. Like I met them 20, 21 years ago. Like I knew them when they were like, well, you know, we're going to start this clothing line one day, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's like, they just kept doing what they do. They just keep doing it. They keep doing it and they keep doing it. And, um, and that's what really, if you want to be, people say to me so many times, Oh my God, you're so famous. You're a legend. And I just kind of roll my eyes and I laugh. But, but I think in reality, I understand why people think that because they've just been hearing my name for so long. Right. Right. And it's a perfect recipe of having a good reputation. And then, like you said, just keep moving forward because every, we put this unhealthy expectation on ourselves as artists and as business people, like everything we have to do, it has to be perfect or else it's over. And it's like, no, what makes you better is like, if you had something that was kind of subpar to what you usually do, you do another one and you keep moving forward with it. And I, Forrest Gump is one of my favorite movies. And I always think about him in that film because no matter where he's going, he keeps moving forward. He uh, plays football um, in high school. So he goes to a college team and then he goes to the army and then he becomes ping pong champion of the world. And then he owns a shrimp boat. And then like, he just keeps moving forward. Yes. He's doing different, different things, but just someone who just is always moving forward and like doing something and learning from it, I think is really important because I think we, we feel not good about one experience that we were in charge of and we think, okay, that's it. And rather than just keep going and change whatever that last one was and let's make it better. And that really is like a testament to how amazing you are and that everybody knows who you are and you've been sustaining this for so many mm-hmm. years. Thank you so much. And you know, I'm going to talk about Forrest Gump for a second. That's really <laughs> I think that what we do is we get in our heads and we get in our emotions. And, and I think Forrest Gump wasn't able to get deep into his head. And I think that he wasn't able to um, go, oh my God, I failed at this. I'm going to cry. And I'm exactly. He just was like, well, just like that, I had a fishing boat, right? Yeah. Like, he just, like, <laughs> Forrest got the unofficial movie sponsor of Inside Dance I with Taylor know. and Alex. It's, there's such good lessons there. I, yeah. I, oh, it's amazing. So true. I'm going to well, watch that movie again. It's been years. Literally, right? Well, um, let's let's keep talking about this forward motion. Levi, what's next for you? What I mean, you've we've discussed, you know, the successful business that you've built over all these years and all these artists that you've come to know. Um, I know on a personal level that you're producing your own show, which is so, so exciting. Um, but what's next? What's What can our listeners expect to see from you or... Um, is there a game plan? Is there not a game plan? Well, you know, I always have something up my sleeve. Anyone who knows me will tell you that always. And um, there, it can be random, but I'm, I found myself honestly, like in this city, you know, we have to kind of branch out just from doing performers because there's not as many performers in Vegas as there are in LA. And while I do go back to LA and shoot often, when we're not in a global pandemic that's eating people alive. I, um, I, you know, so I plan on going back to LA, but I found myself doing a ton of um, staff photo shoots. You know, you kind of start to look at it and go, you know, okay, this might not be a model. This might not be something really like, you know, spectacular shoot kind of thing. It's business headshots, but I've started doing a lot of that. And the thing that I really love about what I do is not, 
oh, I, I'm really good at what I do. It's, it's the fact that I get to help people grow and I get to help people in their lives and their careers. And when I hear like, you know, and I heard, had an attorney come back to me and she was like, I know I fought you on everything when it came to my photo shoot. And I'm sorry, I just want to tell you, you're right on everything. And like my, you made me put my picture on your business card. And this woman like loved your picture and put it on the fridge and called you and booked a photo shoot. I was like, that's great. And she was like, yeah. Then when she was wheeled into her kitchen after a car accident, she saw my card and called me and I made $70,000 on her lawsuit. You know, it's like, I like people's minds. I like people's minds being blown with, Hey, there's possibilities out there that you don't know are there. And um, trust me, I've got this. So, but yeah, my best friend Candace and I are doing these shows. Um, we've produced a couple of shows that we want to go and sell. We want to do on ships and kind of travel the world doing these shows. So we are just working on that. It's been really great to sing again. Um, I stopped singing several years ago. That was my main thing more than dancing. I was always the, in New York, I was always the singer who would get called back and then dance rings around the singer and then the dancer who would sing rings around the dancers. Do you know what I mean? So I was so like middle totally. road, like jack of all trades, kind of blonde. Absolutely. Oh, he fits in that role and he can swing the show. And like, I was just kind of that guy. <clears throat> so it's really good to come back and kind of do my own thing and sing songs that I love. And I've started singing out again. And my best friend, Candace Donahue, is one of the best voice teachers in the country. And she teaches somatic voice, which is really just about the functionality from a science standpoint of how the voice works. And it has changed the game for me and hundreds of people that she's worked with, if not thousands. So singing again, I really want to travel. I still want to keep shooting. I still want to like, you know, keep working with performers and um, yeah. That's That's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Well, Levi, um, let's, let's, let's bring it all home here. We've had such, such a good time talking with you. Alex and I say every week after we have our interviews, like we leave so jazzed and you follow suit with it. Just like you're so inspirational with your story. And you know, now I hope I wake up at at 4, 11 AM and have some sort of live direction. Um, But no, if our, uh, for our listeners, if, if they want to keep up with you, uh, what's the best way to do that on social media? Do you have a website? We had to pause for a selfie, everyone. (laughs) Quintessential selfie. I think the best way to get a hold of me is to check out my Instagram. It's at Levi Walker photo. And um, I do have a website. It's LeviWalker.com. But um, when you go there, you can see my most current work. And you can also like click the link in bio and it'll take you to rates and how to book and all of that kind of stuff. I looked at it last night. I'm telling you guys, if you're in the Las Vegas area, like sprint, I guess you don't have to sprint. Well, sprint to your phone to then get all this information because Levi is an incredible, incredible photographer. And if you have the opportunity to shoot with him, please, please do yourself a favor and do it. Thank you so much. That's really sweet. I really, really, really appreciate that a lot. Of course. And honestly, Levi, every ta- every guest we've had also on this podcast, almost all of their photos are- have been by you. Um, yeah, we, we've uh, had a lot. We keep, every time we like do the the uh, uh, photographer credits, I'm like, Levi is all of these, <laughs> and I <laughs> oh love it. God, that's awesome. His work I speaks for that. himself. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Levi, thank you again so much for taking the time to join us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, stay well, and hopefully, we can shoot together sometime soon. I would love that. <laughs> 
That would be amazing. Thank you so much, guys. It's really been an honor. I appreciate you even asking me to be a part of this. Of course. Thank you so much. All right. Everyone go enjoy Forrest Gump tonight. Over and out. <laughs>